Episode 59, Mary's Unexpected Weight Loss Success Story. Welcome to the School of Weight Loss podcast, where we relearn how to lose weight so you can reach your goal weight with less wasted effort, money, and time. This is the podcast that uses evidence-based tips and tools to simplify weight loss for the busy moms who've tried it all. If you're tired of endless dieting, a tired mom, and ready to learn what works, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, obesity medicine certified physician, life and weight loss certified coach, Dr. Emily Vinzant. Let's get this lesson started. Hello, ladies. Those of you who've been listening to me for a long time, may remember that when I first launched this podcast, I did a free giveaway challenge of a membership in my program. And I'm so thrilled to bring you today the winner of that challenge last year. I know sometimes you guys hear these things and you're like, did she actually do it? I think we did it live, so you probably know I did it. So Mary joined my program after winning the free challenge and she will share with you that her journey was very unexpected. She went from grieving the loss of her mother and a move, now homeschooling kids with a physician husband who works long hours and being completely overwhelmed by all of her previous diet rules for herself to reaching her healthy weight goal and living there with a simple plan to stay there. You'll love Mary's story because she had a lot of thoughts about dieting rules and how complicated it should be. And when she actually dropped them, she had lasting weight loss success. Okay. Welcome, Mary. Thank you for joining me today. Yes. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited to have you. Ladies, Mary has lost a total of 49 pounds, 44 pounds since starting the program. And here's what I want to share with you. This is really interesting. Mary, last year when I started this podcast, I did a free program giveaway and Mary was the winner of that. And it was so funny at the time. I think I'll let her share her thoughts about it, but I think she was a little hesitant. She was excited, but hesitant. And she's like, what have I gotten myself into? But she has gone all the way to her goal weight and is living there now through weight loss coaching and just done such a phenomenal job despite having a very busy life and having a lot of obligations, she figured out how to make it work. So Mary, tell everybody your thoughts about when you actually won the podcast giveaway, if you're being honest. Oh my goodness. So I literally did not know at all what I won at all. I didn't know what the program was. I signed up because a very dear friend sent me like, Hey, there's this great Dr. Emily, you share it. And there's this contest and we can both enter. And I'm like, sure. For my friend. And we talk about weight loss over the years. We've had shared moments on our journeys. And I had recently told her like, Hey, if you need any help, I wouldn't mind some extra motivation. I was in a place where I was struggling with myself, um, getting back on track. And so Through that, I listened to one of your podcasts and I was like, okay, this sounds nothing concerning. It all sounds like on par with things that I believe about food and health and well-being. And so I sent an email for sure I would not win. And then I won. (laughs) And so then I was like, (laughs) oh, okay. And we're starting when? And so I just decided that there was a bigger plan for me and I was just going to go into it with 
willingness to see what could happen. And so it was a little scary, a little exciting. And I figured at worst case, I would either be in the same place I was, or I would be much better. And so that's just, I tried to go in with an open um, mindset. And so maybe it was better that I didn't really know fully because I had no expectations for what would happen. I love that because it's so funny. We talk about that a lot in the coaching world of like, what's the worst case scenario. And the worst case scenario usually is I'm right where I started, but I put some energy towards trying to create something different. So where were you when you started this? I mean, when you said worst case scenarios, I'm right where I started. What did that look like for you, Mary? So I was in a place where I have five children. We're at the point where we kind of decided this is our family and this is kind of where we'll stay. So I had been in 12 years of pregnancy, losing some weight getting pregnant, losing some weight in that cycle. So I had had some successful weight losses in between kids. And then after my fifth, I did have some successful weight loss on my own. And then COVID hit for everybody. I changed to homeschooling, which happened to just coincide with COVID. It wasn't specifically related, although I know the world did have a time of homeschooling. So I had that big change and it really changed my personal habits. And then um, my mom was ill with dementia that had been going on. And then she was diagnosed with cancer. And then she passed um, about four months after her diagnosis. And in those four months, we're a military family and we knew we would be moving. We thought the summer, um, six months later, from when we found out we had two months to move and a house to sell that we were actively renovating a master bathroom on. And it was a lot. So I was really struggling with motivation and drama and just not making myself a priority. And so I really gained a lot of weight during back. And then, you know, then it wasn't even that I gained the weight back. That's when I started to actually go up from where I had been. And what I noticed probably the fall before I started with you was that mentally I noticed a different place from where I felt I had been before, where I had more thoughts of like, maybe I'm just going to be overweight until like for the rest of my life. And that was different for me. I really hadn't ever been in that point where I felt like maybe just conceding or accepting. And I just couldn't seem to get past or move myself very far um, in the dial. And again, I was working in the working through the grief because I really felt like with the, um, we had our short-term move and my mom passed during that. So I really was spending a lot of energy just getting through the day by day. And a lot of those initial thoughts of like, I need to just be present for my kids because they're moving, you know, all of these things are happening and we're in a new place. And so it took kind of a while to settle. So we had been here almost a year when I started with you. So most of the other had settled. So I think, again, I was really at a place, one of really feeling more like I'm not sure what to do because I'm just not feeling myself. And I'm not sure how to, like, I'm not having the feelings I usually have or the, the ideas or the inspiration. And I was finally settling to, I think, deal with some bigger things mentally, but to deal with them without food. <laughs> so right. that's kind of where right. I came in. That's so true though, because I think it's almost like 
it sounds to me like you'd almost conceded that like to survive right now, it's going to have to be food. And if it's going to be food, I'm just going to have to concede the weight right now. And I think honestly, there's a time where you are just surviving. I mean, I remember when you came and you told me about your mom and we both were kind of like, maybe she was like instrumental in you winning this because it felt like it was what you needed. But I don't think you would have been able to even be at a place to actually like stand up and do the work to get into it had it not fallen into your lap. I I think totally. It was the gift that I didn't even know existed or could be there. But yeah, I don't think, I think with everything going on, I don't know that I would have felt like I could choose that for myself. Yes. Um, That gift for myself, like that with everything else going on, I think that would have, I probably would not Almost in your mind commit to another thing, right? It's like yes. it's another thing of, that feels like work. And right now I feel like I'm homeschooling and I'm grieving and I just moved and I've lost my community and I've lost my mom and I just don't have space to commit to something for me, even though it's ultimately what causes so much change. So you said yeah. an interesting thing. You said, I didn't know how to create inspiration. So I want to ask you through this process, how do you think that coaching allowed you to find a space to create inspiration because you reached your goal weight guys this was a big year and for those of you who struggle with commitments and schedule mary is like in the very middle of that like her husband's a physician she's got five kids she's homeschooling they move like she has every commitment to say i can't do this you had to actually get into that cuz i could see honestly some people from where you came not even showing up and you showed up and you excelled at it all the way to your goal weight and living there what created that for you really it was a lot of the tools from coaching that really made the difference. It started with realizing the role of my perfectionism in relation to my food choices and my eating. And I don't think I ever even had told you this, that um, I knew they were connected somehow, but I hadn't linked them because I, a self-aware perfectionist. And um, I actually, before this group, probably in December, I bought a book on perfectionism that I actually had read years ago because um, I'm a, also previously was a therapist before military and children life. In my therapy time, a good friend, a colleague had given me a book to read and it was very helpful then on perfectionism, the role it can play and in your family. And, and so I had thought when I was struggling in the fall so much again, like maybe I need to reread that there's something here in this perfectionism. And I didn't own the book. So I bought the book. I just hadn't been able to start it. And then when we started and you were talking about perfectionism, I was like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, okay. And then it was just that reality of like being more curious and open and looking for the shoulds and the have tos and really what the consequences of staying in those lines of thought where that leads me to and where taking more ownership and intentionality of that's just a thought (laughs) that I can change the thought was really a big change for me. And something, even as a therapist, I'm really good at helping others, but seeing my own stories, that was really a change for me, a big shift. It's a huge shift. And I remember the perfectionist discussions of things like when you would incorporate in a little bit of cheese. Is that a problem? 
Is that a problem? Is that against the rules? I feel like that's against the rules. Can I do that? But I really see myself doing that long-term. So is it okay to do that, right? I think so often it's hard to see where perfectionism shows up if we just use the title, like in dieting, like, oh, I'm a perfectionist. But it is strong in dieting. It is like, follow the rules perfectly and then you'll get success, right? And for those of us who are perfectionists, we really want to follow the rules perfectly. And that can be very overwhelming and not feel like it's really authentic to you going forward. So how do you think you made so much progress through the perfectionism? Tell us what that looked like before and now. So I think before I was really good at following rules. I was stuck in the mentality of the framework of the perfectionism was what was creating the result. And it wasn't. It was my choices and and how it all looked in a macro picture as well. And I really thought to looking back, I had really been overweight most of my life until my um, mid 20s, late 20s. And then I lost, I was very successful losing weight, but through a very perfectionistic way. And it was really anxiety provoking. When I finally lost all the weight, again, I thought, I think my subconscious was it was the perfectionism that did it and being perfect. So I didn't have much wiggle room for date nights out or getting married and cooking meals or then having kids like family meals and like, well, I just need to have a salad and tuna and a sweet potato, like that's what I eat. That's all I eat. And so it was really stressful. Or if I didn't run so much, then surely I'm not going to be at my goal weight. And so when those things aren't happening, it was a lot of anxiety. And so this go around, you could feel it coming up again, but it was really freeing to realize like those again, were just the thoughts. What really makes the difference is me just showing up for myself. And if I don't run so many miles to date, like that's not going to make or break anything. It's going to go or having like the exception or the day night out with my husband and seeing the scale go down the next day was like so rewarding and eye opening. And it's so funny to say it, but it like, it's really took that in the beginning to just be tracking and noticing those things. And like, there's ways you can do it. And, and then having the simple plans, that was another tool. I think that really helped me with the perfectionism too, is I don't have to have this perfect big plan where my tendency is going to be really restrictive. I just need to have a plan and stick to it. And I'm really going to probably be okay. going to all work out and um, I'm going to be successful. That has also made a change. And I think to just taking the scale and taking what happens as just data and information has been a healthier place that I feel myself living than a place of, of judgment, which is still a little hard not to judge, but that that was a, a tool with the perfectionism to let go of the judgment of it um, yeah. and just experience it and then just take it as data, whatever the is, is. It's so interesting how you describe that. I love that. Mary is an exerciser. She loves to exercise. She loves to run. But what I picture is like almost like how your brain was before. It's it's like you were building this picture of like, okay, here's how I get the res- result. Okay, I need to eat by the diet rules. Check. I can do that. And then you like go out one day and you run a little more and you're like, ooh, the scale went down. Check. That's the next add-on. Mm-hmm. Okay, now maybe slept eight hours, whatever came next. I created a long plan that I followed. Check, check, check. And the perfectionist in us then is like, okay, as long as you can live in that check, then you can get that goal. You can follow it perfectly. That is just overwhelming and will make you so anxious. That's why you felt so much anxious. 
anxiousness in it because it's a very anxiety provoking plan. And then something shifts in your life and you're like, I can't do that. And because I didn't have a good relationship with the scale as just data and with my ability to show up for myself, it all crumbled, right? It all crumbles underneath that perfect list. I love that. And I think the other thing too that came up for me as you were describing that is Mary is the side author of our power pause. I would talk about pausing and she's like, I actually came up with an acronym for myself because this pause idea, and you guys could imagine in Mary's life, there aren't a lot of natural pauses. We talked a lot about maybe just finding a little bit of time for her brain to settle down because she's homeschooling lots of kids all day long. She doesn't really get a break. And then at nights, it's activities and weekends, it's activities. And so she is literally in the thick of all of that right now. So to create a space for like a mental pause and to just let yourself feel when that anxiousness comes on, Mary created the acronym, which was pay attention, P-A, unveil the feeling, stay empowered, pause. (laughs) And tell everybody how that works for you and what that looks like. Because I think the pause is such an important concept, especially for women who are in your position. But many of them think the same thing as you, which is like, I don't have time for that. I don't have space for that. How did you come up with that? And how do you use it in your life? That came to me over a while of working with you and I, and you will have the pause of like, give yourself a pause and you don't have to react right away. And I knew that was important. It helped me in small steps. And where I was finding myself though, was being able to identify my thoughts and my actions. And then I really am such a doer that I wanted to do, do, do. And I wasn't, you know, sometimes I was tripping up or I was distracting. And I know we had a lot of conversations of how do I feel the feeling? And it's like, I needed a way to tell myself when I was struggling or worked up, I need to tell myself kind of what to do. It would feel like for me that chaos could erupt really big and really quickly amidst our little happy circus here and that I just felt really overwhelmed quickly. And so when I was trying to write down what would help me cue, I started, you know, the pay attention to what, and the funny thing is my first time I wrote it, I know I did not have the feeling. I think I wrote like understand. And then I was like, again, that's more of the thinking. And when I did Mm -hmm. unveil the feeling, I was like, that's what I need. I need to pause for the feelings because that's where I tend to bypass or not stay in them or feel them. Um, And that's actually still some of my current work now is trying to work on letting the feelings bend. And I've been reading a lot of things and doing some other strategies to help because I really found through some of our work, it's evolved. But just some past experiences I have had, I've really identifying how feelings were unsafe for me personally. And so it was safer to be okay and to be active and to, to go. I really, I see that so much now that that's how I I'll deal with the feeling later is kind of how I felt safe. And so just kind of working through for myself now that I am safe now so I can feel all the feelings And um, just being more present in that. So that really the pause for me was to remember that the feeling part, I'm really good at the thoughts and I'm really good at the actions and the feelings are what I really need to spend time again, letting out because that's, what's going to fix it. Not the food. (laughs) So. Right. 
right. Cause we just turned a food to stuff down the feelings, right? It's just a little distraction in the moment. So you are not alone in that. I think that feeling feelings is scary, right? So when we're used to food, stuffing them down, it's kind of like when you said, when you were grieving, you just had kind of given up. You're like, I have to have the food for the feelings. And I think sometimes when emotions get very strong, it's really hard to shift out of going to those. But the other thing is when you resist them all day long, when you were like, okay, distract yourself with action, distract yourself with action. You're literally just resisting them and they're just going to keep popping back up and mm. popping back up and popping back up. When that thought comes back right after you eat the snack, because it will come back right after you eat the snack. Right? Yes. <laughs> and it just keeps coming. So I love that. Most of us struggle with either identifying thoughts or feelings. There's a, there's some people who are really good with like naming how they feel. Most people describe it as a thought. They're like, oh yeah, no, I'm blank, right? And and feeling feelings is progress. But the beauty of the other side of feeling feelings is you don't have much to be afraid of once you can feel a feeling. Do you right. feel freedom on the back end of that now? I feel more. I can still tell, like it's still my work to do in maintenance. And, you know, coming on, on like anniversaries of things, like grief with my mom, like I'm noticing some of that. But But yeah, this is the work. I'm like, I've looked back. And I think I've given some grace, like you said, like maybe I didn't need it to survive then, but that's how I found to survive. And it got me through. And now I don't need the food to do that. And, you know, we've settled so I can work through it. And so I do feel, I say it a lot, like that's the work I'm doing, but I'm telling myself, you know, I can feel anything and it's going to be okay. So that's still just, yes, my work of going back and doing that. And I wish the, I could say it ends, Mary. It doesn't ever end. <laughs> you know, that actually, that whole viewpoint was, has also been so helpful and liberating from the perspective of, you know, you're eating for the rest of your life. This is building healthy habits for the rest of my life. Like, I think this is the first time I've really taken on the perspective of this is, me creating the healthy me, whatever that looks like for the rest of my life and not just get to the end point and then we'll walk through a magic door and whatever yes. that looks like. And so that perspective of, yes, like that's it. I, I can, if I want to be at my healthy self now, emotionally, physically, mentally, feeling the feelings and figuring out how to process them without the food feels much better than not because they're all still there and they're going to keep coming. So again, it's like, there's always life. So it's figuring out what is the best way to navigate through that. I'm always going to have a lot of changes and a lot of chaos because that's our lifestyle. And so that perspective has really, I think, helped me a lot in looking forward to it more and just being freer to move and make decisions. And I don't have to have a perfect plan for any of it. And I don't, my plan now doesn't even have to be the same one I'm going to have in a year or in two years. And that's kind of mind blowing from where I was before to be like the memory, you know, even in maintenance, there was a little period of a shift, you know, where I didn't initially notice in, like anxiety or intentional, but as I've like kind of looked back at where I've struggled or my thoughts, I started noticing when I would, we need to go back to journaling and I would write some things down and remembering how powerful it is to write. Like I know how to live at my healthy goal weight and I know how to do it. It's me. It's not yes. anything it else. It always was you. Isn't that right. the beauty of it all? <laughs> it's so wild. It's like mind blowing to hear that though. 
Like you're like, it was me. I actually still chose what I put in my mouth. Like I couldn't agree more. I think that's what's so incredibly freeing is like, I can have my back for the rest of my life and it can change with my life and I can show up for me. I think there's just so much more peace once you realize that. And yes, it is a rest of your life decision, but it's not something that like, I feel like we think in the back of our heads, like the hungry monster is going to come out and like, we're just going to be sabotaged. That's what happens when you're doing perfectionist rule following. Mm -hmm. That's when you go give into the overwhelm and sort of the hungry monster does come out. When you let yourself live your life and your life is better because of what you're creating, you want more of that. You don't, mm-hmm. You're not doing it perfect. You're doing it towards a long-term goal. So you're always going to want to show up for you. There will be, like I said, the discomfort of feelings. We all get that. I still get that. It sucks, mm-hmm. but it's just part of the journey, right? It's like, right. it's still uncomfortable sometimes to feel the feelings, but it's human and we all feel them. And it's better than having to deal with the weight struggle on the back end in the, in the yeah. end. So yeah. how has your exercise evolved? Because you're an exerciser. Tell me how, yes. how your exercise has evolved. I um, have run for a long time and um, I've run heavier and I've run thinner and I've always worked out. Like I've always had that. So I've also known very well for myself that exercise isn't getting me there because I did it through all of that grieving and all of that overeating. I was still very active. And um, so it wasn't getting me there. So again, I really took that perspective. I took a, for me, a break when we started and um, really decreased. I actually really like that. Because it's, it cleans up the process, doesn't it? The simple plan gets cleaner when you do that. Yes. And I, you know, so again, I think I really needed, like, if I don't run so much on this day, then surely I'm not going to reach my goal. Like just to get away from all of like, okay. Like I didn't even realize I was doing that in my mind before. So all the shoulds are the have tos. And so um, that was the beginning for me of like, again, when I would hear myself saying why, I should do this, or I'm going to, like, I would pause myself and say, do I need to do that long of a run? Do I need to do this long of a run? So really just starting to be more intentional with my choices and what my body needed, what I needed. And now I've really shifted because one of my, like my personal healthy plan was to honor my body. And so to add in some rest days and that has historically been very hard for me because I'm just a doer and like, I don't like to go very slow, but I found some, some yoga and some stretching that I actually enjoy. And I just am in such a different mental place where it's like, I don't need the high cardio because I don't need the exercise to lose the weight. I just want to be doing exercise that's going to help me live a really long, healthy life. And so I'm trying to do more movement flows, flexibility things, um, a lot more weights than I think before, if I had a choice, I would just run or cardio. And now I feel a lot freer to just have a better mix in what I'm doing and to let go of you know, there's no have to, I just have to be healthy. So that's more of my focus. So I'm doing a lot more strength and recovery kind of work. And I did zero races this year, which is also kind of a big thing for me to not have done one, but I think I needed the recovery and there's a lot of, there's really big hills where I live here. And so I'm running in it, but I didn't want, I knew if I committed to a big race, I'd work really hard at it and I didn't want to burn myself out while I'm still kind of 
wading through, but I have some things maybe for next year that I'm going to add, but sometimes I just take a walk in the evening or whatever. So I have a, I feel like a healthier relationship with my exercise. I love that. I think that there's, I mean, there's so much to be said about that. When you stop relying on the exercise to hit a number on the scale, exercise is great for endorphins. It's good to feel good. If you love it, especially, you know, for someone like you who loves to run, but also we know, I mean, my husband's a runner and he's got like toe issues, knee issues, all the above, right? So you can go too far in that too. Mm -hmm. And creating the balance of like, what does my body need? How can I honor my body if I'm not reliant on it for you've got to have this many hours or this many steps in order to feel like you're good enough that the scale will be what you want it to be tomorrow. And instead, it's like, this is how I'm creating a healthy future for myself. I'm stretching, I'm strengthening, I'm, I'm, you know, maybe doing a run. That's great, but I don't have to. I don't have to, to be that version of me. It's amazing the difference that that makes in your relationship with yourself too, because, you know, it was probably a lot of like angst going into it. And then you'd get that like mental kind of release of running. I don't experience this runners. I'm told to, (laughs) (laughs) I wish I experienced it, but I'm told runners feel that. And, um, but you know, creating a life that doesn't have to have that to be right. I think for a lot of us, that's food. It can be a lot of different things. But once you learn how to manage your own mind, you don't have to have the one thing to give you that. You can create that for yourself. Yeah. So tell me, how is your life different now that you're at your goal weight? So 13 years ago, we moved to cross country. That was my first move. And I had quit my job and I was pregnant at the time, the first time. So I had all of my, my wardrobe from work and from when I was my smallest. And I have carried that determinedly over 13 years of moves. <laughs> um, I, lots of moves. <laughs> right? Lots of moves. I did weed out finally because we really lost square footage moving from the East Coast to the West Coast. However, I pulled it out and I have been able to um, put out like shop my closet and wear the things that that have been dusty that were from my honeymoon, even a few things. And so, you know, things have shifted a little bit after five kids, but <laughs> so that's been really exciting to be able to go to the store and like, just pick something up and be pretty certain it's going to fit minus, you know, whatever, just idiosyncrasies of a, of stores. But so that's been freeing. And just in general, I find that I have more of a mental curiosity about things, meaning like when something's happening, instead of just immediately jumping to judgments and then the feelings about that and stories, I'm able to pause a little bit more or think whether it's with my kids or whether it's with my spouse or with myself. So I know that that has been uh, more peaceful for me in this part of my life. And, um, and then just the framework of it's stories and I get to choose the stories that I keep and the stories that I get rid of and that I'm going to live more intentionally. And so, you know, when I'm really frustrated with homeschool, that the reminder to myself that I chose this and reminding myself that I chose it for a reason really helped shift my energy as well as in relationship to diet and exercise. All of life is the 50-50, right? So it's like, I chose this and I also get to spend all day with my kids, but also I'm going to be frustrated with them. And also, like, it's always the 50-50 and we have this idea that it should just be all one emotion. 
That's just yeah. not the human experience, right? I think right. when you can remind yourself that like, this is the life I chose and it's pretty dang amazing just as it is. I think one thing you said one time too was, um, what if this is exactly the way it was supposed to be? <laughs> and the first time I heard that, I was like, oh, what if? I even flipped through my journals before this call and I found a few times that I wrote in there like, what if, or I wonder. And just being able to just be open to possibilities, whether it's to the past, to the present, is just a much more enjoyable place to be. And it helps me move forward. Like, okay, so what if this is exactly supposed to be this frustrating so I can learn something about myself? You know, whatever it is, just I remember that being really um, mind altering. And I still really use that of what if this is exactly, you know, that I get to do this and learn how to be at my healthy me now with five kids and at a, in a way where my example, because I've always been really careful, um, you know, with all my kids, how I talk about myself and my self-value and my perspective on health. And obviously they've seen me change over the years, but even with my girls, like I've been careful. And so I really just wanted to be a healthy example for them in a lot of ways. And I think that's one of the ways too, is um, just a healthy framework about how we can be in the world and how we are in the world. And so funny you say that, because that's my, my word of the year for 2023 for me, because a little bit like you, like I've been really good at doing diets. I've always done that by everybody else's rules. And 2023, I've decided it's just my year to create, like really hone in on my healthy relationship with myself, my body, my family, my, to just show up as the healthy me in the world. Right. And I think that you, we can tell people that, and we can, you know, live evidence-based tools, but then when we actually live it in real life, how we show up is different. Mm-hmm. Right. How we, wh- whether we judge, I've been same as you. It's so funny. Cause I've been, okay. I want to incorporate in yoga. Then I'm like, do I need to do it every day? Should I make it an everyday oh. thing? Should I do this? Should I do that? And I decided for myself, I'm like, every day, I'm just going to start the day is like, what is the healthiest me do today? It's kind of my new version of my simple plan. Mm. And it's like, some days it looks like that. And some days it doesn't. And I don't beat myself up about it. And mm-hmm. you and I both know now the scale's going to be fine. Like I can yeah. maintain it based off of having a healthy relationship with food. It's what I want to do to create a healthy me today, like mm-hmm. literally today. And I think you know, honoring that is how your kids see it too. Honoring that, Hey, we got a crazy day. Mom's doing this or that your thoughts change the way you feel changes and the way you show up changes in a way. I like to call us like the dreamers, like the great believers that like change is possible. And I think that that's what it means, right? It's like, it's not following everybody's rules. Cause once you do that, you're just going to be like, anxious and overwhelmed and up against like a, I think of it as like a black wall in front of you, just like hitting your head against a wall. That's just like, you know, this dark spot. And that isn't the healthy you. The healthy you is like loving yourself and honoring yourself first and honoring for you, your body with your exercise, with Mm -hmm. your eating, but honoring your family and honoring your Mm -hmm. relationship with others. And that is such a beautiful way to live your life. When you're able to shift those thoughts to like, I've chosen this and I want this, this matters too. Mm -hmm. Yes. To be active and healthy. And 
for them to see the rigidity of before or that or mom eats weird things or mom only does this and there's there's still some differences but but yes just that that freedom to um to choose and to tell them you know I'm doing this so I can live longer and healthier and there's so many things that fall into that category for why I'm choices that I make and that those I feel better about than saying because this is what I have to do for my diet and I eat this way and because somebody else said, and so, you know, it's just so true. Why do we do that? Right. (laughs) It's so true. Think of that. It's like, Oh, cause mom's on a diet. Such a great way to show healthy relationships. Right. Right. Or to be like, we don't eat these foods. Like I remember being like, I don't want to be afraid of foods, but it's still funny how it still gets wired in there. We're like, well, the plan doesn't say that. And you're like, but I can eat like it is a hell. It's just what somebody says and I can figure out what works for me and it'll be fine. Like there is no one magic, anything. It's, it's just me doing the work. And, um, that's incredibly true. It is. I mean, it is you doing the work of what works for you. If somebody was in the place where you started and they're like, okay, give me a word of advice. What would you tell them? How did you get like from A to Z? Because I really feel like Mary, you did a lot of work to get to A to Z. It was simple, but it was a lot of the mind work that for someone who's on the end of grieving and those things, it can be hard to even want to go there. It's like almost like you have to go there. I hear this a lot from women. Like I, I know I have to do it. I'm not sure I really want to do it. What would you tell them? Allow yourself the grace and the opportunity to try and to just be open to possibility and to know that it all takes time. So it's just the beginning of the rest of your life. And I think having that macro picture too is sometimes really helpful of looking, you know, if I go through my journals, it was really helpful having like the scale graph and being able to see, you know, there were weeks where you're just like, I think if I was on my own, I it would have easily given up or just been like, I'm stuck. I'm never moving. And just really, you know, I'm just going to keep showing up and do the best I can do today. And then what you really see is on the macro level, it all moves. And I learned things about my body that I didn't know. My body liked to have a big loss and then not move no matter what I did for a while. And then it'll move again. But overall, it was all shifting, you know, and sometimes it goes up. And just to remember that, like, you know, that one week it can feel really big, but just keep showing up for yourself because it's the rest of your life. It's in one year, like, you know, how exciting is it going to be in one year to see where you are and next year, you know, I can't wait to see next year, what things have developed in my life. And so, you know, that's exciting. And just some days it's hard, but just keep showing up. I I just love that. I think that's such a beautiful way to end of just saying you have the rest of your life. You're just making the decision of what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Right. And when you literally can do it through a journey that feels simple, that feels like it's creating more of you and not taking away from you, who you end up on the other end is just so fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just fun. Right. It's so peaceful. It's fun. It's inspiring to those around you because you feel inspired in yourself. Thank you so much for joining me because I feel like your work was really beautiful. It was fun to watch you because I really felt that you committed to the brain side of this. And it's fun to watch that progress happen, especially from where you started. I am so thankful for you and for this program and the process 
the gift that I didn't know I was looking for. And I had plenty of moments, Emily, where I was like, oh, I don't want to show up today. Or surely she's going to, I know she's going to say, like, she's going to ask me or challenge or, you know, and, you know, I just went and it all worked out and it all um, led forward. And so, yeah, I'm just really thankful. The ladies in my group and I learned so much from so many places and you especially. So I just really appreciate you and the work that you do. Thank you. I love it. And thank you for being such a beautiful example. If you are ready to create your own healthy weight success story to reach your healthy weight in 2023, doors are open to join Dr. Emily's School of Weight Loss this week. Just click on the link in the show notes, click below, and let's get started creating your weight loss success story. There is no better time than now. If you love today's show, make sure to share it with a mom who needs to hear it too. Leave me a review and click subscribe to get all of the latest lessons from the School of Weight Loss podcast. Ready to reach that goal weight? Head on over to drmommy.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-M-O-M-E.com to learn more about Weight Loss for Modern American Moms, my virtual weight loss coaching program.